Absolutely wonderful to have everyone with us today. I'm excited about what, uh, what's going to take place today. Uh, these are different elders that I'm going to introduce to you in just a few minutes. A lot of you may know them, but if you're new, you may not know them. Uh, before I do that, I want to let you know what we've been doing the last couple of days. There was the elders and the leadership team and advisors. We went away and began just to look through every word that was spoken corporately over Heart of the City Church from the sound. We dove into it, prayed over them. God, would you lead us? What words are you confirming? What words is the prophets already seeing that's taken place? Uh, what words is, uh, has to do timing in the future? God, what are you saying to Heart of the City Church? And, and definitely certain things stood out to us. And uh, you're going to hear about those things that stood out to us in just a few minutes. And then after that, stick around. Give us a little grace today because uh, the thing that I told you last week when it comes to revealing the surprise that we wanted to share with you, when it comes to Craig and Jess Brown, we're going to do that. Uh, before we dive into this, I do want to thank you, and I want to thank you specifically for this. Uh, the sound is the only time that we typically all year receive two offerings in one gathering. We receive our normal tithes and offerings in the midst of worship, but at the end of the sound, we receive an offering to cover the cost of the sound. There's a lot of costs incurred, incurred when it comes to the sound from airlines and food and hotels, et cetera, and, and, and we are very gracious in our honorariums. And so up till that point, I think I could say we probably, up until this year, maybe six to $8,000 has come through, and very thankful for that, but we've never fully covered the cost of the sound that I remember, maybe one time uh, up until this year, and uh, it wasn't six or seven or eight thousand that came in. I wrote down in my phone praying for fifteen thousand dollars to cover the sound, and uh, you gave over nineteen thousand dollars. You did, and so you know, we asked. And you did it, and I sincerely want to thank you for your generosity to, to cover the entire cost. And after all the bills come in, if there's any left, guess what? We're going to send that to the prophet and prophetess to let them know, you know, this came in on, on their behalf. And so I just wanted to thank you for that. Uh, today, uh, you're going to hear from Craig in just a moment because he's a guy that's, like, excellent dealing with panels and he's going to guide us through and kind of keep us online because we're elders, but we're also preachers, and preachers can get long-winded. And he just kind of, right, he kind of keeps us on track. And so put your hands together for Craig today. All right. So if you, if you are a new guest or you weren't here last weekend, yeah, the, some people came there speaking on behalf of God. We had a prophetic weekend. So what we want to do is cover some of the words that were spoken to the church that's you, right? They weren't just spoken to us as individuals or our staff, but it's the whole family. And so um, we want to just start with a couple preliminary thoughts, though, before we jump into those specific words given to the congregation. So first, I want to just address um, how does somebody respond to a word that they maybe, maybe you got one personally or you have in the past or you will in the future. So I want to throw this to Dave and then to Clark. What's maybe a tip or two that somebody should, can do when they receive a prophetic word from God? Yeah, I would just start by reading 1 Thessalonians 5.21. In the King James, it says, prove all things, hold fast 
that which is good. So start with prove or test. Um, when I was in high school, I was a geometry guy. I liked algebra. Once you start mixing the alphabet with numbers, it goes sideways for me. But geometry made sense. Proofs, proving. It's okay. God gave us this thing between our ears for a reason, right. for us to test, to, to think about it rationally. Does this make sense? Does this fit? The second half is hold fast that which is good. Um, because of the Greek tense, it would probably better be translated or more accurately, keep holding on or down that which is good or beautiful. The thought that comes to my mind is if you've ever been in the car and you open the door and the piece of paper that might be sitting right next to you, let's pretend it was a extremely valuable document. Wind comes in and blows it out of the car into a field and you're frantically chasing that and when you finally get a hold of it, you hold it, right? You're like, that's not getting away from me again. You keep holding that word, keep pursuing that word. That's good. Clark, do you have anything you want to add? Sure. Um, I wanted to read something from Luke chapter 1, verse 38. Um, this young lady got a really profound word from um, the angel Gabriel, and it's about Mary. And she said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I wanted to emphasize the attitude of Mary. When you get a prophetic word, you want to make sure your attitude is right. God might share some things with you that you might not necessarily agree with or might make you feel a little bit uncomfortable or might ask you to do something. Sometimes the prophetic word is conditional. In Mary's situation, she said, according to your word, let it happen to me. And so I wanted to encourage everybody here today who's gotten a prophetic word from the Lord. It's for you specifically. You need to take it before the Lord and pray over it and say, Lord, are there any issues in my life I need to realign to get myself into alignment with what your word said? And then I wanted also to encourage you to go to someone in leadership, maybe your small group leader, maybe a pastor, maybe one of us elders, somebody that you trust who can walk through the word with you and be able to pray over it with you and be able to guide you and help you through seeing it happen. I wanted to also mention, too, that prophetic words sometimes are conditional. If we do something, then this will happen. Or sometimes the prophetic words have a time element invested in them. You remember King David? Does everybody remember King David? Raise your hand. Okay. He got a prophetic word from one of the most famous prophets in all of Israel. His name was Samuel. And he said, you're going to be king. And then he anointed him king in front of his brothers. He didn't become king until like 13 years later, after many battles, many wars. So there is a battle element in your prophetic word. There is also a patience. And sometimes there's a a span of time that you have to be patient and believe that God will fulfill his word to you. Beautiful. Before we jump into our our words for the church, we also wanted to just speak towards this because we were feeling it in our spirit, asking the question, what was the value of our preparation? And so we just want to remind you guys that what took place last weekend and in this season wasn't simply because two anointed people flew into town. 
It was because the church was praying, was seeking God, was fasting together. And uh, Mama Ray pointed that out, that, hey, there was such a preparation that took place, and there's expectation and faith and pursuit, and we want to invite you guys to, to stay in that, that we wouldn't just stop seeking God you know, after last weekend, but that we would continue to pursue him. And then one more preliminary thought um, which stood out to us was, was just that about prayer and fasting specifically. But I know, J.O., you're going to jump into what would be our first uh, highlighted word to the church, which was given about warring and battling. So I want to invite you to speak towards warring and battling and prayer and fasting. You know, it's hard to tear those two apart because uh, they all work together. When you fast and you pray, there's things that takes place. Like when you fast and you pray, there's bonds of wickedness that's broken. There's yokes. Lives are absolutely changed. Uh, heavy burdens are lifted off of people. You become sensitive to the presence of God. Matter of fact, something happens with the presence of God, and he comes in and, and meets you. And, and you, you can tell that it's yoked with wars and with battling. Did you know how many times war or battling was spoken to us from the prophet or prophetess? 22 times. What year is it? 2022. Double, 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 double. I remember Charlie talking about the, the prophet who challenged the guy who was going to go to war, and he struck the ground three times with arrows, and he says, you should have struck more. You should have struck more. We decided that we're not just going to pray and fast. Now, we pray all year round. A lot of us individually have fast during the year. But we decided we're not going to just strike the ground one time in January, but we're going to strike the ground throughout the year. So we're going to call different times of prayer and fasting because we feel like we're in a war. We are in a war. If you don't know it, you're in a war. Tell your neighbor right there, you're in a war. So the first time that we're going to set our next time of prayer and fasting is when we go into Resurrection Weekend, Easter Weekend, on that Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Let me talk to you about war for a minute because if you think Christianity is just coming to church, putting a little cheesy smile on, your little religious clothes on, and hey, that's Christianity, I got news for you. You are in a war. We are in a battle. Okay, well, when you were running with the devil, you didn't run, you didn't have all the resistance that you may have now because he didn't need to resist you. You can pretty much destroy your own life, right? He doesn't really have to help you with that, though he wants to do that. When you come to know Jesus Christ and you step out of the dark into the light, there is immediately a war. Jesus, he prayed and fasted 40 days, and he was in a battle as he began his ministry. So you're in a war. The Bible says this. It talks about Daniel. He prayed. He was fasting 21 days. He didn't eat drink. He didn't drink wine or eat meat or anything tasty. You know what I'm saying? But then there was a war in the heavenlies for 21 days. And Michael, the archangel, had to come and fight. You are in a war. It may not be seen, but you and I are in a war. Ephesians says this. He says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And he goes on to exhort us to put on the full armor of God. We put on the full armor. Man, I'm G'd up from the feet up. God up. All right? You need to be, don't fight naked. Every day, you are to put on the armor of Jesus Christ. You know what you're putting on? You're putting Jesus on. The helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, cloak of zeal, feet shod. Come on, loins of truth in your hand. Are you feeling me? 
I want, to, I want you to know, without a shadow of a doubt, you're in a war. Can you understand that maybe that's why your, 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 your marriage is going to hell in a handbasket? Maybe there's a, a problem with your children. You're in a war. And you have to fight for these areas of your life. Your weapons are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Amen? So you're going to hear of times Amen. of fasting and prayer and battling. Yeah, we're going to keep doing it. I don't know if we mentioned this, but we, yeah, we took all the corporate words and transcribed them, and it was like 12 pages. Right. And we, as a team, we read through all of them and prayed through all of them, and, and that's what he's speaking to, that 22 times throughout the whole document, they kept speaking war and battle, so wow. we, we have to respond to that. The second one that stood out to us was this. I'm going to throw this to Dave. It, uh, they spoke about three wells. They said, you guys are going to be the well of salvation, well of comfort and love, and the well of healing. And so, Dave, if you could sort of address what the team was resonating with that. Yeah, I think that we have wells in our congregation, and we have had since I've been a part, a part of the city. We have deep wells that have been faithful to deliver sweet, cool, refreshing water. Um, it's fun sitting up here because I get to stare at all of you staring at me. Um, and, but looking at people out there who have been faithful wells in this body to bring uh, salvation, to bring comfort and love, to bring healing, and I thank you guys for that. The thing that is exciting to me is that it seems like right now there is an incredible wave coming in of people who have depth to them, who are deep wells, who, who are ready to pour out. I would encourage you, if you've not been pouring out, if the, if the well has been capped, to prime that, to begin to flow, to begin to step out and allow that, that, that refreshing water that's in you to pour out. I wish that I could say that as a leadership uh, team, we are, I will say that we try hard, but we're not perfect in recognizing, in developing, in making sure that everybody's gift is in the exact, we try. I mean, growth track and, and everything we do, we try very hard. But I will say, please be intentional. Please be intentional to, to rip the top off that well and prime it and begin to flow and find the place where the, the depth, that well, this comfort and love and salvation. And I know that many of you are doing that. I've, just in this last weekend, we heard about people who are pursuing and saying, hey, man, there's a well inside of me, and I want it to pour out. The world's drinking nasty, poisonous water, and the world needs you and this church that the, the living water would flow through us. Amen. Another word that came over and over and over again, both to a lot of individuals and to us as a community, was God specifically speaking towards the youth. If you heard some of the words, it was powerful. And those youth started stepping right into the destiny that God was speaking over them. And I want to let you guys know, if you, if you don't, that even on Wednesday night, right away, Logan and the team began talking with our youth about what God was speaking to them. Uh, if, you didn't, if you missed it, God said, you know, I see that you're going to be giving uh, on the streets, giving out scarves and blankets and evangelizing and, and building the kingdom. And so already Logan led the team through, hey, guys, we're going to do that. And so we started, we're going to add it to the budget. We're going to raise money 
money for it. And, and, he, and we broke the, the youth into little groups to say, hey, how are we going to do that in the streets? How are we going to do that in our schools? And so I just want to make sure you know that God is speaking over this house, what has already been established in this house, that we're a pipeline church that from, from the very earliest age, we want every kid, middle school or high school in, involved. And so if that's you and you are that age, just know that we value you and you're part of what God is doing in this church and in this region. So get ready and get involved. Amen? Amen. All right. They also spoke to this. They spoke a lot about writing down vision, making vision clear, and writing out the plans and seeing God fulfilled in them. And then some new things came about. There's going to be a girl's home, a men's home, shelters, food bank. What we're, what we're doing with the market at the heart it is already happening in an amazing, huge way. And then they spoke even more to that. And then, and then some other cool things. They talked about us being debt-free. They talked about even being given land. And so I want to I throw this one back to Dave and then to J.O. for you guys to address kind of what our team was resonating in regards to writing it out and vision and, and people being involved in that. For as long as I've been a part of Heart of the City, I've known it to be a church of vision and a church of being intentional. Um, and I feel like this last weekend expanded that vision, gave us uh, more things to write out, to put on that list. Um, and I want to be just a little bit careful about how I frame this. Um, we, as a leadership team, take a, a, a very big responsibility in equipping believers. We take that responsibility to create an environment that empowers, that enables, that establishes believers. So let me start with a, a story or a, an analogy. I was never in the Navy or I was never in any of the armed forces. And I thank all of you folks that were. But large picture, a large naval vessel. I'm guessing that the captain of that large naval vessel is not the guy who mans the lifeboats that go out and help somebody in distress. Would you guys agree with that? I'm guessing the captain of that vessel is not the guy who mans the guns or the cannons. Still with me? I'm guessing that the captain is not the guy who makes food for everybody. Right? So, if after this last weekend, you had the question in your mind, huh, girls' home, men's home, shelters, food bank, how is J.O. going to make that happen? That's the wrong question. We are the body of Christ. How does your body move from here to there? With your legs, feet, toes. How do you lift something with your arms? How do you hear with your ears? We are the body of Christ. We all move with one heart and one mind but we are the body, and I would encourage you not to be saying, how is J.O., but how am I a part of that vision? How does that bubble up inside of me? Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about that, J.O., because, you know, even the quote that we included here was spoken, write it out, and God will take care of it. So when you get a word like that, how, how do we wrestle with, well, what is God just going to do, and what is our role in something like that? I think that's a good point, because I've already begun writing some of this out, 
and yeah, we do write it out. God can do anything and everything that he wants to do. Typically, he works in and through us. What I find that prophets do, they come and they stir up things. They, they come extremely stirred. I'm here to tell you. You don't just wake up and do what they do every morning. They're stirred. They've been preparing. And then what happens? They come and they stir you. And then what happens when you're stirred? Well, you catch a hold of the vision or you get vision or you, you feel like you have a different mission, things happen inside of you, and if you're not careful, you can go and put that on someone whenever it's God calling you with that vision. There's people in this room that have great vision, but God gave the vision to you. He didn't really give it to me. i got to be honest with you. Radine and I are living out our vision right now. Now it can expand. We want to equip you and release you to walk out your vision, but it's something that you have to do. I think about uh, Mindy and Sean, Market at the Heart. I remember when Mindy, when we were at Indiana Street, no joke, she had a little, you know, little van full of kids, and she'd go around picking up bread, had a table and some other little cheesy things, and and put this bread out there for people to eat, right? And now look at that compared to where the market of the heart is today. Clothing, a meal. I see David there making the meals, on and on, groceries. But it was something that at least was part of Mindy's heart. And she's been working with it for years. Well, Radine and I go out there and serve occasionally. But, man, I'm telling you right now, she carries that passion. I can't carry your vision. You have a vision for boys, girls, uh, houses, all those different things, whatever it may be. That's something that, like Dave said, you got to put the feet to. Don and Deborah. I remember when Don first came here. He met with me about Honduras. It was already in his heart. Matter of fact, he came on staff for a season here. He's an elder, and and by the way, we're going to reinstate him as a full-blown elder in about three months. But my point here is that I didn't go plant the church in Honduras. They did. Wouldn't it have been kind of crazy if Don says, hey, I got a vision for Honduras, J.O.? Now, I want to send you there to do it. But a lot of people kind of come across that way. And God gave you the vision. Write it down. I've already written some of these things down. I'm believing for it, even for acreage. So let me ask you this. Given land. If you have land that you want to give to the church, I'm asking for it right now. The Bible says I have not because I asked not. I'm asking you for it. What if we were able to get land, keep this land, keep this building, keep all these buildings, continue to expand? And listen to me, we're not called here just to, we're here to turn the city upside down for Jesus Christ, right? So if you have land, let me know after the service, right? <laughs> That's right. And so just remember, God's, don't go from mountain to mountain, just jump on every mountain. Oh, God's calling me to do this, and you don't do anything. God's calling me to do that, and you don't do anything. God's calling me. No, no, no. Get on that mountain. Fight for that mountain. Mount for that battle for that mountain, and, and, and put feet to that mountain. Yeah, what you're speaking towards really ties into this last one that we want to address, this word that came over and over and over again. Bring it down. Remember, re-engage, and reactivate. And so, Clark, I want to ask you to speak towards this, what the Lord was speaking to our congregation about re-engaging in his work. Amen. And, and like Craig said, it was mentioned many, many, many times, and Pastor referred to it in one of his messages uh, weeks ago about remembering, getting back into the body, getting plugged back in again. 
Scripture verse I have for this is in from, uh, it's from Romans chapter 12, verse 1. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So my exhortation to the body of Christ as an elder and heart of the city church is that if you're not engaged, you get re-engaged. If you're set apart, get back and be apart. Think of an electric uh, appliance like a toaster or a television or whatever, or a phone charger. If you don't plug it in, there's no power, right? So in the body of Christ... If you're part of the body, you're plugging in. You're part of a group of other people, a small group, whatever. Um, and you're getting a part of the flow that's going on. There is a flow in the body of Christ that you miss out if you're not plugged in. Because if you're not plugged in the power, nothing's happening. So I want to encourage you and exhort you today. You get involved in whatever place that God is putting upon your heart. You get involved and you be a support. You be a help or maybe lead a group. If God's telling you to lead a group, you want to do that. I wanted to also emphasize before I'm done here this morning is that there are still opportunities for us to pray. Pastors said for many years, and I love this phrase, that the, uh, the engine room of the church is prayer. Prayer is the engine room of the church. And we saw last week, uh, before the sound, during Seek Week, it was powerful. People were showing up, praying every day, Monday through Friday, and God was moving in our midst. And so I wanted to encourage everyone who came here early to pray at 7 o'clock in the morning. Continue to do that. We still have prayer groups that, that meet at 7 o'clock in the morning on Tuesday and Thursday. We also have a prayer group that meets here at Wednesday at 12 noon, and those are opportunities for you to re-engage, to get plugged in, to get into the heartbeat of what God is doing here at the heart of the city, because we want to see the ship to continue to go on in momentum, don't want to see the ship slow down because the people aren't praying. We want to pray more and more and see God move in our midst, and it happens when we say, Lord, here I am, I'm going to present myself as a living sacrifice, and I'm going to do what I need to do. Amen. I just want to pray with you in regards to our hearts and responding to God's words that he spoke last weekend and moving forward. So, Lord, we thank you for speaking. We thank you for a powerful beginning of a year, and especially last weekend and all the words that you spoke to individuals and families, but to us as a faith community, as as a faith family together. We recognize that you've spoken to us, and we offer ourselves to you for your purposes, and we will respond to what you've spoken. And so would you use us, God, let your kingdom come and your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. We had one other thing that we wanted to cover with you this weekend. (laughs) It was pretty amazing what Charlie began to do last weekend. It kind of made me sweaty and nervous also. But I want to show you just a little piece of a video that began to take place, and uh, then we'll continue to reveal uh, this wonderful announcement. If you'll hit that video, thank you. The Word of God says that there's times and seasons. I want you to know, thus saith the Lord. This is a thus saith the Lord, and I'm not going to speak it in King James or anything. I'm going to give it to you in plain old Charlie Sweet language. The seasons are closed. The season is closed. And your task has come to an end. Because they're needed more than they are here in this church. But know this, says the Lord your God, that I have given you a voice that is going to go across the airwaves, says the Lord your God. It's going to go from nation to nation. It's a 
form of evangelism that people are going to get saved over the airwaves. They're going to, you know, as I was praying about this tonight before we came over, I don't know, what do you call them? Hits, views, whatever it is. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just not Mr. Techie, okay? But, but I saw the Lord going 1 million, 2 million, 3 million, 4 million, 5 million. God spoke to me in Kellogg that God was going to spread you across the nations. But God told me he was going to send you to nations without leaving your chair at home. That was profound. It's even more profound when you know what uh, Craig and Jess are about to do. Uh, I want to I just give you a little journey along with uh, what, how long we've known Craig, what he's been part of. Um, the impact he's had at Heart of the City Church. By the way, he's not going anywhere, but things are changing. So back in 2010, uh, he joined Heart of the City Church Young Adults. Let me, let me just say something. Let, let, let's go back a minute before that. We were having outreaches like we always do. We were having single mom outreach at, uh, at, a, at a car wash, oil changing, and, and all of a sudden there would be Craig and Jess with the the young people that they were reaching out to and touching. And before he was part of the heart of the city church, they would come and they would serve at these outreaches. Just like they brought a lot of strength. And then I remember we had a flood at one of our facilities and there they were helping, kind of helping connect with people who could help with the flood or put new carpet down or so forth and so on. And then when we were at Emma Street, him and his partner, we actually gave an office to them. Now, they're not part of Heart of the City Church yet, but we gave an office to them, and they ministered out of there and so forth and so on. And then things changed with them. His partner went to Florida or somewhere and so forth and so on. Uh, and at that point, you got to understand, you know, Craig was a little standoffish, a little bit from us Holy Ghost folk, you know what I'm saying? Methodist, Presbyterian dude. But God was doing a great huge work because he had this hunger for the Holy Spirit like man he just wanted everything to be very very real and I don't blame him and so what took place is he began being the church administrator for a season I remember him working the front desk and administrating even though I knew that wasn't the call of God on his life he was just stepping up to the bat and serving and then uh, around this time, he started working 2013 full-time with our young adults. Rating and I had him and Jess over. I remember them sitting in front of our kitchen, uh, our, our, our house full of young adults, and him began to share. And I, you could just see the call of God upon their life. You could see that, man, I tell you what, they're, they're, they are locked, loaded, ready to rock. You could see a gathering gift upon their life and I encouraged them in that and, and all of a sudden they began uh, having young adults gathering and, and it blew up we were the largest young adult gathering in all of this whole county as far as I knew God was using them in a mighty way let's fast forward he's over generation ministries now he's over that also and community but let me get to this one right here in 2016, of course, we're watching and we see the gift of calling on his life and his future and his desires. And we set him in uh, as an elder. And he, is, he has been a, an amazing elder. He brings a lot of creativity. Um, 
a lot of life. Uh, he's a little bit of the young blood with us, and it's just been a beautiful dynamic in with our eldership. Fast forwarding to today, let me say what's going to happen. Craig is going to step off a full-time staff. That's going to take place April the 1st, this year, 2022. Look at this right here. What happened in January 1st, 2020, Craig started making Bible teaching videos online. One-minute Bible video teachings on TikTok. I am not a TikTok person. Matter of fact, sometimes I get jacked up and I say tic-tac-toe. But on TikTok, God is using him in a not just a little way, not just like, oh, you know, I, you know, I got 36 likes. He's touching millions. What's happening is supernatural. Matter of fact, I don't know anyone doing what he's doing. Look, 2022, his fruitful ministry is just blossoming in many countries. You're going to see a, a certain amount of what's happening in a few countries here in just a minute but what Craig what we're releasing him to do not releasing I want I want to subtract that we're commissioning say that with me commissioning we're sending him as a missionary a digital missionary to our world so that he listen I never heard I never heard in the beginning, beginning Craig doing this. Oh, I'm going to start TikTok and do these one-minute gatherings and preach the gospel in order for me to go full-time and be a missionary. Never, nothing that. But what God did, God had much greater plans for Craig and Jess. He didn't even know what was going on. How many know God does that a whole lot of times? He does that all the time, right? If you'll thank you. What I need you to hear today is that Yes, Craig will be off a of full-time staff. What does that mean? Well, look at this. Craig is still going to be an elder at Heart of the City Church. Say that with me, elder. That's the highest calling that we have here in the church. He's going to stay a licensed pastor here at the church. A lot of you will never even know that things are changing with Craig. He's still going to be here. He's going to be on the preaching team. That's going to look a little different, but he's still going to be on the preaching team, on the creative team, praise God. When you see these cool things like this, guess who created it? Right. On the small, when it comes to small group, he's going to run a small group. He's not going to be over Generation Ministries, and he's not going to be over the, the whole leg of small group community, but he's still going to be doing those things, right? So I want you to know that he's going to be here. When he's traveling, if he's not traveling, he's still going to be committed to be here on Sundays at both gatherings. This transition so that everyone knows I spell this out because what's weird is when people hear the wrong information and they start spreading wrong information, I go, that is not, Craig, did I say that? I did not say that. So I asked him to put it out on the PowerPoint so you could see it. And this transition begins April the 1st of this year. Amen. I want Craig to let you know a bit about this new ministry. Well, it's, it's not really new because he's already been yeah. doing it, yeah. but he's going to be doing it a whole lot more. Can you imagine with a little bit of time God's put in, he's put into it, a little bit of money he's put in, can you imagine him doing this all the time, the impact he's going to have in the world? Craig, would you tell us about it? Yeah, if it's okay, we just want to share with you the impact that God has 
brought through us. And, and, and we really just wanted to spend time with this just so you guys know we are not going anywhere. This is our home and our home base, and we're locked in here. So, And then secondly, to emphasize what he said, we never set out thinking. I mean, I thought I would be on staff here forever. I genuinely did. Um, but we got to a place, and you're going to see the numbers in a, in a second, that God was clearly doing something supernatural, and we were forced, I think, by the Holy Spirit to ask the question, what do you expect from us with this platform you've given? And he's done something, and so, God, what do you require of us? And so we, we started the conversation of what would it look like for us to still stay involved here and operate in the ways that we're most gifted and most called to do in the house, but then release more time to do this miraculous thing that he's done. And so um, the church, the elders, the pastors have, have said, yeah, we're going to support you because we're still here, but we're also doing this thing, continuing really doing this thing that God has done. So we are starting a new ministry. It's going to be called Logicos Ministries, which Clark actually already read the verse. It's literally my life verse that uh, Romans 12.1 talks about us having a, a reasonable response. And that's actually the Greek word is logikos. We get our word logical from it. That, that the logical response to everything that God has done is that we would lay our lives down as a living sacrifice. So I really feel like the call of my, on my life is to help the world have a reasonable response to the reality of God. And so that's what logikos is all about. Um, it, we're, we view it kind of doing that in three ways, in-person teaching and preaching, which you're going to see, I'm still going to be on the preaching team here, and I'm going to, Lord willing, begin doing more itinerant traveling preaching, but digital missions, which is this new thing that we're going to talk about, and then printed content resource. We've got some books in mind and a publisher that we're working with, but um, I just want to let you know what has already taken place. Like you said, January 1st, 2020, I felt like the Lord says, start teaching people how to read the Bible on YouTube. I didn't even know what TikTok was actually. So it was on YouTube and he said, do it every single day, even if you don't get anybody viewing it. And so we, we did that every single day through 2020, even through COVID and all that. And then we got on these other apps like TikTok and Instagram and, um, and now we're doing podcasts and all those. So this is what we, we started just in our spare time. And then this is what God has done. And, and believe me, I'm not bragging because... There's nothing special. Like, this is only God that could do this. So right now, we have just over 1,250,000 followers and subscribers. And that's across all the platforms. And um, here's, here's some of the demographics. This is crazy. There's like just over 600,000 people in America. And then I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the Philippines, but people want Jesus there. So I got like 130,000 followers in the Philippines, 120,000 in South Africa, and then the rest is literally people all over the world. I mean, I have people message me from all over the world. And so here's a little bit of the impact of what God's already done, again, with a tiny bit of money and just in our spare time. Uh, we've seen 145 commitments to Jesus. Yeah, yeah. We've seen... I mean, literally thousands of pastoral questions as I just can't tell you how many questions do we get like every day of people saying, how do I get saved? I mean, literally just asking me, how do I get saved? I just got one this morning. I want to get saved. I said, message me on Instagram. And I prayed with somebody from a teenager from Utah last week. And it's just amazing. And so, uh, you know, how do I know, how do I get filled with the Holy Spirit? How do I overcome addiction? Like we're getting these questions. And so it's not just big numbers. It's, it's legitimate. Like people are engaging with what God is doing. And a lot of these people are not in areas where they have churches and, and, and places that they can go to. So that being said, though, just want to make this, this clear. 
foundation belief in the ministry is that if there's local churches, we always want to plug. I'm not starting a TikTok church. I'm, we want to plug people into local faith communities because right, that is right. essential. But God is using the, as Charlie says, the airwaves. <laughs> so now watch this. 47 million views last year. That's insane. Now this is the craziest stat for me that I didn't, didn't even know until last week. That accounts for 395,000 hours at one minute at a time of people engaging with God. And all we do is just preach Jesus in the Bible. So, man, the impact, it's not just the numbers. There's really spiritual impact that's taking place. And so um, if you're asking how can we help, um, then, then thank you. Number one, you could pray for us. And I, ple- I, I do ask, please just, just pray, every one of you. Um, but also, um, there's a difference between prayer and the prayer team. I do specifically want uh, an intercessory prayer team. And that was actually prophetically spoken that, that we'll have that. And so, um, of course, I want everybody to pray. But if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you to join us in this worldwide movement from the chair in our house um, to pray on that prayer team, then please let me know. Um, secondly, if you're interested in supporting financially, like J.O. said, I am stepping off of staff and, and my salary is, is staying uh, here at the church. And so I need to raise everything with this vision that God has given us. Now, I'm so thankful that J.O. and Radine and the elders and the team are the first to support us. Um, but we, we do need more financial support. And so if God would speak to you, whether it be one-time gift or, or monthly, we would so appreciate that. We have a whole budget that we need to raise. Um, there's some other things that are non-financial. If you know, if you have airline miles that you want to donate, that would really help us with our traveling and speaking. And then used Apple products. Sorry, Android, we're not interested. But um, I have some tech, some stuff that I need to buy. Sorry, Rick. <laughs> but I have some stuff that I need to get. And if you trade in old used Apple products, that can really, really help. And then I have a few volunteer positions. And Logan has been a huge help. And Jamie has been a massive help. Jamie, by the way, she clicked through every single video, like 900 videos that we posted last year. And she added up all the stats. That's even how we know the details. And so there's some people that have been working with us. We, This is not me. This is God and and people have really supported. So I just want to say this uh, lastly, that the church is so generous that they would allow us to be part of, I don't have a 501c3 set up yet that's in the motion, but until that is established, um, we want to start raising money. And if you want to give, you can go to the normal giving platform. And I just want to make sure you see this, like tithes is a different thing. Tithes goes to the church, but some of these other things you can offer as an offering. So we're, they're letting us be on here until the 501c3 is established. So if you want to support us, you can actually just give straight through the church a tax, tax deductible donation. And lastly, if you want to talk to me about any of it, please come and talk to me or email me. I'd love to answer any questions or share with you more of what God's doing. And we're so appreciative of your support and standing with us. We're not going anywhere. We're still doing what God's called us to do here in the house, but we're, we're stepping more fully into this amazing, crazy thing that God has done. And we believe that he wants to reach millions more people through this ministry. So thank you for your support.